Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 21. Tony, we're of legal drinking age now. We can we can have an adult beverage. So That is impressive. Yeah, we, we have reached the, the ripe age of 21, uh, not years, but weeks. Uh, episode 21 this week, and uh, Tony and I, uh, you know, we, we, we talk a little bit, and uh, we felt like this was an appropriate topic for about this time of year. Uh, it's uh, getting into the second week of January. Uh, we've been at it for about two months. Uh, most people have been playing games for about a month or so. Some things are starting to settle in. And, you know, your your players usually fall into three categories, I think, Tony. Uh, you have players who exceed their expectations. Um, you have players that hit at about those expectations uh, that you had for them. And then you have players who don't reach their expectations or what you thought that they were capable of doing. And, of course, with most teams, and I'm sure it's the same thing with, with your group over there, Tony, uh, what you thought you had in November is different than what you have right now, and those roles have changed. And with those changing roles, with the uh, implementation of playing time and competitions and shot distribution and all that other stuff, uh, this is about the time of year where uh, we start to hear from uh, one of the people that, uh, or the people that are perhaps most invested. Uh, other than coaches and the players, and that is, of course, parents. And, you know, I want to be really clear about the conversation. Whatever Tony and I end up talking about, uh, this is this is not intended to be a uh, bash parents thing. I know that's a really easy thing to do for high school coaches. All in all, Tony, and I don't know exactly what your experiences have been, but I would say 95% of my parents that I've had over time have 90 to 95% have been really, really good parents to work with. Not to say that they uh, probably didn't agree with me at all times. I'm sure that they didn't or they haven't, but uh, they understood their role. They didn't cross any lines. And, and unfortunately, it's like a lot of things in this world. It's the, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and that 5 to 10% uh, that are not accepting their role as parents uh, that's the, those are the ones that unfortunately stick with us. And that's the ones that take up a lot of our time when it comes to that. So, uh, Tony and I thought it would be a good time to, to talk about this. Some of the things that, that we've been through, some of the strategies that we've tried to use to mitigate the situation. And I think one of the most important things that you can do as a parent and, and both Tony and I are empty nesters. Uh, we've been through it, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, how many of your kids ended up playing ball in some way, shape, or form in, in high school, Tony? All of them did. All um, of them. And did. I got an opportunity to coach all of them. Uh-huh. You know, with, with coaching soccer, I got to coach my son, and then the three girls all played basketball for me. And so, yeah, I had the, the – it was, a you know – one of those things. It was a lot more good moments, but yeah, there were some there were some tough moments with with my, you know coaching my own kids too. Mm-hmm. Just some of the bumps in the road that you go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids, my three kids, our oldest when he was in high school, he was uh, big into 
uh, like speech, debate, mock trial. He played he played some soccer, but it was low level soccer. Uh, but he wasn't much into athletics. Our middle son uh, was way into athletics, basketball and soccer. And then our daughter uh, was into a lot of theater, theater and arts and uh, that type of thing. So we kind of delved into kind of all three major areas of the high school extracurricular experience with our kids. Um, and, you know, definitely different experiences. So, uh, you know, Tony, I'm not sure where we want to start this at. Um, I guess the, the I, I guess let's start it here. Uh, one of the things that my dad told me, and this was early on in my head coaching run, uh, one of the things that my dad told me, I was having a tough time with a set of parents, and my dad said, Marty, you know, one of the things you have to understand is everybody's going to love their kid a little bit more than they love everybody else's kid. And that stuck with me, uh, that, and, and obviously it still does, because I think especially when you haven't had your kids go through the process of competitive athletics or competitions or activities, uh, you, you think it's really too easy to accept that. And, and it's hard to watch your kids go through tough times and when they're not meeting their goals that they have set for themselves, whether it's their fault or, or other people's fault in the sense of there's other players that are just better than them, uh, so forth and so on. So that's something I've always tried to keep in the back of my mind when dealing with parents. And, 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 and when I say, I don't want to say dealing with parents, that's a bad uh, vocabulary to use. I, I prefer, you know, we need to try and work with parents and to be proactive with them. Um, and, and so I, th- I, you know, I'd like to start there, Tony. What, what are your thoughts on some of that stuff? Yeah, yeah I think even, you know, working with partnering, you know, yeah. I, I think that's a, another term that could be thrown in there. You know, um, one of the things that we see is that in extracurriculars, you know, you mentioned kind of the big three there, but in athletics, parents are becoming more and more involved. I mean, it's just the way that it's it's evolving, the way that it's changing. And as coaches, we have to adapt. You know, it can't be, you know, you put your head in the sand and you wish it was the way it was when you were growing up mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. We have to learn to adapt. And I think one of the things that's key there is just engaging them, learning to work with them, have conversation mm-hmm. with them, communicate. You know, we both have cited John Gordon uh, many times on this podcast. And one of the things that he really stresses is communication, you know, mm-hmm. because if you don't communicate what's going to happen is negativity is going to fill that. Mm -hmm. And so if you overly communicate, you know, that really helps and Mm -hmm. they can kind of see where you're coming from and just let them know that, you know, the door is open to have a conversation, you know, and and you would rather deal with it while it's a molehill than a mountain when they're overly stressed out and different things, but there's got to be some, some guidelines, you know, in there as well. And so it's just kind of finding that happy medium where you learn to partner or work with them. Mm-hmm. So let's go, uh, let's start with the, with the preseason stuff. Um, what are you telling, uh, your parents? What's John telling the parents, you know, as, as the leader of his program, uh, about, you know, typical parental discussion points, I guess we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that. And, and, and when it comes down to it, don't you think Tony, that 95% of parental concerns usually comes down to playing time and, and, and who's getting minutes. That's, that's always been kind of my read. Yeah. I think that's, that's the top, top reason in terms of their concerns and complaints and stuff like that. You no, know, we do our, our preseason meeting. And one of the things I really try to make sure with being a part of that, that I do is highlight the difference between their freshman year to their sophomore year. So mm-hmm. what happens with us, their freshman year is we have two freshman teams 
And so we've got 10 guys coming to me that think they're starters and they're not starters. And we've got, you know, 16 guys who think that they're rotation guys because most everybody plays seven, eight players. And so with two teams, you know, seven, eight, you're like 14, 16 guys that think that they're in, in the rotation. Now I try to play as many guys as I can. I really do. I, for me, it's really not about wins and losses at my level. It's about development and getting them ready to go on and play varsity. You know, don't get me wrong. We're not trying to lose games intentionally. Sure. But, you know, it is about development. And then the other thing that happens, too, in their freshman year is they have a fifth quarter. So if you're, you know, say you have 15 guys on the team, if you're guy 9 through 15 and you didn't get a play, you know, in the first four quarters, you've got this this fifth quarter coming up. So, you know, with two teams, 15 guys playing, you have 30 guys that potentially think that they're going to play. Mm. And, you know, with, with us getting into the summer, you know, guys coming in and working out, we hold, we hold a uh, league in the summer and we go to some different, you know, shootouts and stuff like that. That's really where they kind of get their eyes open a little bit. And mm. then as we get into the fall with open gyms and we do the meeting and then you get into the season and that's kind of where we highlight things. And John, he'll hop in and he'll talk about kind of the format of when you have a concern, how to address it. Yeah. And what he really tries to encourage them is if the player has a concern, address with the coach first. You know, you, you want them to be able to do that because that's a part of the growing up and maturing process and stuff like that. And if they don't really understand the response, they don't necessarily agree with the response, then you can bring in with the parent coming with them. So now it's, you know, parent, player, and coach. And again, if it's the lower level stuff and you don't like the response, you can request that the varsity coach be involved. And so now it's, you know, parent, player, coach of that level, freshman, sophomore, GV, whatever, and then the varsity coach. And if you don't like that response, then you can get the AD involved. And so he just kind of highlights that that step mm-hmm. in terms of how you work your way through that little bit. And so that's uh, hold, hold on a second on that. Go through that on uh, on that though, Tony. What at what point do you say, okay, we need to have another meeting? Is it just uh, because sometimes I think uh, you could you could again playing devil's advocate here? Well, I want my kid to play more. I think my kid should be playing more. I don't like the response that I got from the coach. So now I want to talk to the talk to the AD or I want to talk to the head coach or whatever it may be. I mean, at what point do you draw the line and say, okay, look, we're not going to talk about this anymore. You know, I I think you have to work your way through that, that process because that's what he's put into place. Mm -hmm. Now, would I, would I do it the exact same way? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, You know, knock on wood to my knowledge, since I've been on this staff, I really haven't dealt with a ton of complaints. Now they may go from they may go to him right away. Sure. And he might say, Have you talked to Coach Viss? And they're like, No, we haven't talked to Coach Viss. And then I don't know if maybe they're don't want to talk to me, nervous, whatever, but in the last four years it hasn't made its way to me. Mm-hmm. Um and so that that's kind of my experience with it so far. Mm-hmm. But you know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, because the the player comes in you have the conversation with the player yeah. and maybe if it doesn't change in a week or two, you come and talk with, you know, bring in mom or dad or mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, and if they don't like it in a week or two, maybe add the head coach in. And then after that, you bring the AD in. And I think to be honest with you, you may just have to agree to disagree. Yeah. No. Um, well, I pretty much say, you know, 
the vast majority of anything that happens, it needs to be done between the player and the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, only, only if you have really, uh, you know, major, major concerns. Uh, am I being physically abusive? Am I being emotionally abusive or something like that? Uh, th- those are kind of the lines that I've always, you know, try to put into place. Uh, do have people ignored that? Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, but, uh, I, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's a thing where part of what I say is, you know, I'm, I'm very cognizant. I, I've walked a mile in your shoe, shoes, excuse me. And, uh, you have to believe me that every decision that we make as a program, who we're going to put on what team, who's going to start, uh, we take all of those factors into consideration. Uh, we we try to think of ways, like you said, Tony, uh, we want to play as many kids as we can without sacrificing the integrity of winning and losing. Uh, but there also comes a point where you just have to make hard decisions, you know, mm-hmm. and, and most of us, 99% of the people listening to this, have to make those hard decisions on a consistent basis. Very few... Uh, uh, folks listening to this are going to be like, yeah, here's our eight kids and, and number nine's a massive drop off and all these pieces fit together perfectly. Uh, that's, that's far from the truth. Uh, and, and so uh, the, the, the hardest area to, to be in or would have been, let, let me ask you this question, Tony, what are some of the, the, the situations that you kind of keep your your radar up more for, so to speak. Uh, what are scenarios that you kind of go, okay, I, I could hear from Jimmy's dad on this uh, potentially down the line. Uh, what, what are some things that you've been, or that you think about in that regard? Coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. You know, in terms of those things, just keeping an eye on like players' body language, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I try to communicate with our players quite a bit. Like I said, a goal over our Christmas break practices, I wanted to visit with three or four players after every single practice. And sometimes it's just, Hey, how was Christmas break? You know, how are things going? Other times it might be specific. You know, what do you think about your playing time? You know, are you okay with it? You know, what would, what do you think about the season so far? You ask them kind of very specific questions. I try to keep my pulse on that. Um, I try to watch interactions between them. Uh, You know, sometimes high schoolers aren't the most mature and friend groups can get, involved and mm-hmm. you know we we ended up bringing up two freshman kids recently mm-hmm. and i tried to make sure i communicated ahead of times hey these are the two guys that are coming up um they're coming up for these reasons um if you want to be upset with somebody 
be upset with me. I'm the one that's making the decision to try to see what, you know, with a little bit of, you know, tweaking and stuff, can we get the chemistry better? Can we get our play better and stuff like that? Um, but I just try to make sure I overly communicate those things with them. But yeah, just watching body language of players, you know, mm-hmm. as far as things, how are they treating each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just watching in terms of sometimes what happens is, players that are maybe upset with playing time or a demotion or, or whatever the case may be, sometimes they can kind of flock together like magnets. Yeah. And so those, those, I have my radar up on those things too. Mm-hmm. And, and on with that, the, 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 the parents have a, have a possibility of coming together as well. You know, well, I, Definitely. you know, Tommy's getting, you know, how come Tommy's not playing more? I don't know. They're, they're playing Billy ahead of him and, and that type of thing. I, I, I think the situations um, that in my career, Tony, that I have had to uh, have conversations with parents or to temper things down more often than not is when uh, kind of the, the ripest situation for that is when a younger player, uh, quote unquote, takes an older player's playing time. Yep. And I have always tried, uh, again, hard lessons learned. Earlier in my career, uh, we had a uh, a senior class that was not as, as talented. And we had some freshmen and sophomores that I thought were much better players than them and uh shoulda coulda woulda I, I i should have handled that situation differently uh i just basically took them and and put them out there and didn't apologize for it. i just said you know here's what i think is the x amount of best players that we have here's going to be your role but these kids are going to start and blah 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 and uh that turned out to be a, a really big headache for 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 that particular season now i turned out to be right in the long run because that group of kids let us, you know, when they were seniors, juniors and seniors, they were number two, number three in the state, so forth and so on. Um, but, you know, that is something that I probably could have slow rolled out. And uh, one of the things I think based on that situation, unless I, unless a kid is just head and shoulders above uh, the, the players that are quote unquote ahead of them or older than them, uh, I, I try to have the kids play X amount of minutes. I try to give those upperclassmen an opportunity to win their jobs. And and I was there as an upperclassman. When I was a junior and a senior, I was not a great player. Uh, I, I had a uniform, small town. Um, those of you that know me know my, definitely my athletic limitations. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I was given opportunities and, and in one sport I in baseball I felt like I, I took it and looking back on it in basketball I didn't do as good a job of taking my job the way that I should have and uh, so what I now do is is I again I, I really try to slow roll those situations because it's a lot easier to to play a kid for three or four games and okay hey you know, Billy's averaging 10 points a game and your son is only averaging three points a game and he's shooting 50% and you're, and, and your son's shooting 20%. And, you know, the sample size is starting to get larger and, and, and just by waiting and being patient, sometimes just the, the tangible proof and the eye, whether it's, it's analytics or the eyeball test tends to, to slow roll those parental complaints when it comes to those playing time situations. 
Yeah, and I, I agree, Marty. I think sometimes, you know, I, I wasn't a great athlete either. Um, you know, and so I tell the kids that don't play a lot. I can, I've been in your shoes. I can empathize with you. Now, I wish I could tell you that I've always shown great empathy and, and understanding and done it perfectly. I definitely have not. I don't I've think, been, I don't think anybody I've has. I've sure at times I've made rash decisions. I've said things that I wish I could put back in my mouth. But, you know, once it got out there, it's kind of like toothpaste. Once you push it out there, you can't put it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully as someone who is seasoned, experienced, whatever you want to old. Experienced. We're, we're not old, Tony. We're experienced. Yeah, Remember hopefully I'm, I'm doing it better now because I really try to make sure that everybody on my team, irregardless, role, starter, leading scorer, uh, player 15, whatever – that they all feel valued. Mm-hmm. They all feel valued and they feel like they've been given opportunities and not that they've been treated, you know, equally because you, you, you're never going to be able to do that, but they feel like they've been treated fairly. Yeah. And, and I think that's the most important thing. If you can, if you can say in all honesty, look, Hey, we, we opened this up and we, we, we gave it 25 practices and we've given it six or seven games. And Timmy has just beaten out Billy. And and Timmy's just playing better, and and now Timmy's going to start instead of Billy. Uh, you know, it's 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 a good way to do it, uh, I believe. And 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 some people have thicker skin. Some people can handle handle that criticism. And I wouldn't even call it criticism. Uh, and I wouldn't even call it thicker skin because you have to have thick skin to do this job. You can't you can't be sensitive to it. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we had, we had this conversation, um, last week, uh, because we've, we've gotten a couple of kids back from injury and, and I flat out told my team, you know, we have nine or 10 kids and we're probably going to play seven or eight. I can't make everybody happy. I, I, I literally cannot make everybody happy. There's, there's maybe six or seven of you that believe that you should be starting. I can only start five. I can't make all of you happy, but here is here is your roles. And and one of the things that we've been in this year, and and we've talked about this a lot uh, off uh, off of the podcast, Tony. You know, we've had the injuries that we've dealt with with our particular team this year. And I've told my teams usually we have a, a lot of discussions on roles, but I've told my team because we've had absences, we've had illness, we've had injury. I don't feel like, feel like we can really have. A, a serious discussion about roles because we haven't had everybody together to really figure out whose role is really what and what fits truly together. I mean, we can kind of think of what yes. everybody's role is, but we don't really know. And and probably sometime here in the next couple of days, we're going to finally have that first discussion. And, and we're going to let that play out for two or three weeks. And then we're going to have that discussion a couple of weeks out from, from postseason play, uh, which has been a different deal for us because it has been just a, a lot of shuffling, a lot of shuffling in our particular team this year. Uh, and that's the hand that we've been dealt. And, you know, nobody's feeling sorry for us. I get that. I don't, you know, I understand that. Um, but but that's kind of the situation that we've been in. Um when you get to the point where you you have that discussion, you, you're in a situation where you are talking to a parent, whether it's a formal conversation, an informal conversation, what are some pieces of advice that you have for other coaches to handle those situations to the best of their ability, Tony? Yeah, I think one of the things is that 
right out of the gate, hey, we both have the same goal here. Yeah. Our goal is for your son slash daughter to have a great experience playing basketball because it's a great game and to be successful at it. That's we both have the same goal. So I, that's the first thing I would get out of the way. I, I, you know, I want them to understand, you know, I'm not this person who sits back and, you know, I hope your, your kid fails or anything. I want everyone to have a great time. I want everybody to be successful. There are no grudges. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so that would be the first thing. And then the other thing is, you know, go through and, and be very specific. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, like take some, the number of practices and games and stuff like that. But basketball is a little bit unique and, and, and some of the other sports as well, but it's more subjective. Yep. You know, it's not like track where, Hey, you know, they were <laughs> trying out to be the hundred meter dash. This kid ran this on my stopwatch. This one ran that on my stopwatch. Obviously we're going to take the faster time. Yeah. There's a little bit of subjectivity to it. Yep. Um, and so admit that, you know, admit that, you know, you're not perfect. You're doing the best that you can. You know, and, and maybe you've made some mistakes, but at the same time, you know, this is you're the one that's that's in that position. You put a lot of thought. It's not just your decision. Mm -hmm. You know, I would cite that as a staff, you know, your, your staff's there. You talk through things. It's three, four, five of you. Mm -hmm. They're in on this decision. It's not just you. It's not a favorite thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you're playing who you think gives your team the best chance. And, you know, one of the things too with basketball, like we talked about subjectivity a little bit ago, um, you know, it's not about the five best one-on-one -on -one players. Yeah. It's about the five players that play the best together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you are absolutely right, Tony. You are absolutely right. And you, when, when you have those conversations, I think that that's a, a big selling point. Yeah. You know, you may be in a situation where, Hey, if, if Timmy and Billy played one-on-one, -on -one, Timmy would probably win. But Billy fits what we're trying to do here. Now, as I say that, the number one thing that you don't do is you don't talk about anybody else but Timmy if you're talking with yep. Timmy's dad. Uh, yep. I've been in that situation on more than one occasion where uh, I had a you know had parents that say, well, what about you know you're doing this with with Susie, we're not here to talk about Susie. Your yep. daughter is Mary, and we're not talking about anybody else but Mary. Now, we could talk about Mary all you want, but we're only talking about Mary. And anything else is off limits. You would not want me talking about your daughter with other parents. Right, back. Yep. You know, and, and I think that sometimes uh, there are situations where Parents will try to kind of bait you into those type of conversations. And uh, I, I think that that is something that you have to keep in mind, that this conversation is strictly about Mary or Billy. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not talking about anybody else. I think that one of the things that I've always tried to do, Tony, and I think, you know, you, you, you touched on a lot of that. Keep it very simple. Keep it very straightforward. Uh, we're doing our best. We both have the same best interests. I love your daughter or your son to death. I think that they're great kids, which 99% of our kids are really, really good kids that we coach. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, I have to do what's best for Cedar Rapids Kennedy boys basketball or Fort Calhoun girls basketball. And that's where my decision is at. And I, I think another thing that you have to uh, talk about with your parents is it's my job that if, you know, whatever kids that we have in this school, 
I have to look past whether or not they're a senior, junior, sophomore, freshman. My job is to put out what I believe to be the best five players in our program available to start a game and the next three or four kids to come off the bench. And I have to look past whether or not they're a, a senior or a junior. You know, that's that's my job as the varsity coach. And and that's something that I'm really upfront with in our in our parent meetings early on in the year. Now again, if all things are equal, if a senior and a sophomore are equal, I'm gonna play the senior. I'm gonna play the senior because I want my kids to know that I have loyalty to them and to keep them involved with the program. Uh, especially with the way things have evolved today. We have so much specialization that, you know, as I tell my youth coaches, we have to fish with the biggest net possible. And there's no telling that that kid that who sees that happen to a senior, let's say they're an eighth grader or they're a freshman, well, they're going to go, well, gosh, if I'm not good enough, that he's just going to bring somebody else past me and I'm not even going to go out because I, I think whatever, you know, that type of thing. But um, I, I think uh, another part of that conversation is that you come in organized, you have your thoughts uh, I, I know I've scribbled notes out before those conversations mm-hmm. before, Tony, just to make sure that my mind was in the right place. And I know that I have the talking points and the potential things that uh, a parent may bring up in a meeting before uh, it even gets, uh, you know, so that I know exactly what I want to say and how I want to say it. Yeah, I think that's that's really, really key. Um, you know, in that conversation, you know, you're talking about someone's child and you know, we, we know how much we love our own kids. Yeah. And so if you don't go in prepared and you kind of haphazardly go over things and you're kind of flippant, um, you, you've set yourself up for, for some, some big time, uh, confrontation there. And so the more you can be prepared and and planned out and put some notes down, Mm -hmm. I think it just shows them that you care Mm -hmm. enough to prepare for it. But yeah, I would definitely, definitely never encourage anybody to wing something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there any other big things that we need to talk about here with this? The only other thing that I would mention here real quick is one of the things I communicate with the parents early on is the 24 hour rule, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we all can get wrapped up in emotion at a game. Yeah. And if I made a bad call at the end of a game, like I called the wrong play or I called an out of bounds play and, and it, we turned it over or whatever and we lose by one or defensively, I try to be too cute and they score at the horn because I made a blunder. If you come up to me and have a conversation about your child's playing time at that point in time, you might not find me at my most mature. And so I always encourage them, Hey, give it 24 hours. I mean, it'd be the same thing. Like I try like, I think we've talked about this before after the game, you know, I, I learned a while back less is more in those situations. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's watch film before we make some, you know, off the cuff emotional comment. And so if I'm trying to do that, I would appreciate the same situation from them. Just give me 24 hours and then we can find a time to, you know, whether we talk over the phone, whether we exchange emails and my preference is face to face because email and, and whatever it, you can, you can read some stuff in there that maybe isn't in there. And while on the phone's not great because you can't see their face, that's, better but i prefer face-to-face if we're going to meet yeah i don't think email is i i I think you go down that rabbit hole on email and there's there's so many things that can be misinterpreted uh via email and i think that 
you have to be really, really careful about what you write because what's the simplest thing you could do with an email, Tony? You can forward it, you can print it off, you can make copies yep. and Coach Viss sucks and this is well, look what he said to me on this email or you know, something yep. like that. And and so I really don't uh again, lessons learned. You you don't you don't have conversations over email. Or if you do have a conversation, it's very short, it's very precise, it's very vague. And um even if it's even if it's something that's that's positive. You know, you, you just, you just, you just minimize those things. And I, and, and when you have, when you do end up having those conversations and, and for those of you that have not had those conversations before, give it time because you will, uh, you know, you have to, uh, be really precise and be smart about what you say and how you're going to say it. And again, I think it comes into that situation where uh, you're organized, you, you have some notes, you've really thought through uh, what could be brought up uh, with a parent, and and you just keep things uh, specifically vanilla, uh, so to speak, because you have to, as a as a as a head coach, I think you have to protect your ability to make the decisions that you think are important for your program. And you don't want to make any promises that are going to be hard to keep. You don't want to make any statements that somebody can come back three weeks or a month later and say, aha, we remember that meeting we had and you said that Jimmy was going to pl- probably play 14 minutes a game and the other night against West High, he only played six minutes. What were you doing there? And, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, just those are, those are things that... Um, you, you have to, unfortunately, I hate to use the word protect, but you have to protect yourself uh, from those things. And by being, and, and let's go back to what you talked about here at the beginning, Tony, to kind of wrap it up. You have to really be communicative from the get-go. And you, you have to really talk things through and be very transparent at the beginning to eliminate, uh, and, and that goes with your communication policy, Um you know, have that ready to go and have that understandable so that you're not dealing with things down the line. I think that's so important as you addressed that earlier, Tony. Yeah. And one other thing I would, 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 I guess, advise coaches with as well is, you know, when you have opportunity, you know, maybe they're getting ready to sign their son or daughter out to ride home with them rather than back on the bus, make small talk with them. You know, the more that you can do stuff like that, I know John, a few years ago, I'd even kicked around like on Saturday mornings, bringing uh, parents in and watching film from the game and just kind of go through like, here's what we did preparation wise. This was our game plan on Friday night here. You walk through, this is what we were trying to do. And you watch film. He's going to call it coffee with coach. Uh And, uh, you know, he didn't end up doing it, but I thought, you know, that's, that's something, you know, that, that, some coaches may be able to do and, and, and have a lot of success with. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, coach Terman, the football coach, uh, my good friend, Matt Terman, he, he did, uh, Monday night moms is what he called it. And, and like once every three weeks, the moms of the players would be able to come in and he would, you know, explain football to him essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a way to build camaraderie. Um, you know that's that's hard to do. You know, there's only so much yep. time in a day. Uh, but 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 there is a concept to it. There is a concept to it, and uh, it's not the worst idea in the world. That's for sure. You know, uh, you know, it's it 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 can get interesting. But uh, uh, you know, 
I, I've I've done that myself, you know, and and uh, most of the time it turns out to be a pretty good deal, and and it's a deeper understanding for uh, players and parents altogether. So, mm-hmm. anything else, sir? No, I think we uh, we talked about some really good things there, but it it is something. If you go back to, I think a lot of times people think coaching would be really a lot of fun to sit there and talk X and O's, and it really is a lot more to it. There's building relationships with your players. That's super important. And then being able to navigate and to partner with parents. Those are two of the biggest things that are that are far more important than X's and O's. And I'm not trying to, to take the importance of X and O's and drop them down at all. I'm just telling you being able to motivate players and you know have them believe that you're in their corner and and be kind of like a I don't know what is a motivational speaker psychologist type thing with them yeah. and then with the parents just a good relationship with them partnering with them working with them and just making sure that they know that you have their their uh their child their athletes best interest at heart. Yeah, and I think that uh you bring up a great point Tony and you and you said it before. You know, we're going to go a little Troy Bolton here. We're all in this together. You want what's best for your daughter or son and have them have a great experience and so forth and so on. I want them to have a great experience. Uh, Let's work together on this. And uh, gone are the days where the coach doesn't have that communication. Uh, You've got to create those relationships. You have to value the, uh, the give and take a little bit and and you just can't, like you said, Tony, you said it earlier, you can't put your head in the sand and just coach the team. Uh, you have to have boundaries, but you also have to realize that uh, to to help with a lot of those situations, you, you need to be proactive and create those positive relationships with your parents as much as you do with your players. 100% agree with that. And you know, like you mentioned earlier too, Marty, a lot of this has been trial and error. And I've learned far more from my mistakes than I have from my successes. Um, But yeah, I mean, we all have those stories. Mm -hmm. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at apenandanapkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, apenandanapkin.com. Be sure to check out the Apenandanapkin Video Library. It is time once again, Mr. Viss, for our weekly trivia. Europe headlining third annual Appendant and Napkin Coaches Clinic April the 1st, 2023 in discussions this week with the Marshall Tucker Band to open up for Europe. Uh, still got the lines of communication open with them. Did you know, Tony, that over time here, there's been literally like 30 members of the Marshall Tucker Band? I did not know that. Yeah, I don't even know if I've ever heard of the Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, they're 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 big. They're they're they're, they're the Marshall Tucker Band. They've been around for fifty years. 
Huh. They've been around, but so, so so there you go. Yes, I've learned something new tonight. Good yes. thing that was the trivia question. You bet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's let's jump in on the trivia here, Tony. You said you had a, you, you felt like you had a pretty easy trivia question for me here today. Oh, so. It's a terrible trivia. question. Oh, it's a terrible trivia. Question. Well, yes. imagine that. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. So Kevin Durant plays for the Nets, right? I, I believe they that is true. Today, he ended up passing. Dominique Wilkins to become what number all-time leading scorer in the NBA? Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> I told you it was bad. <laughs> well, I know Dominique scored well over 20,000 points. Um, and that was just against the Celtics in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I know. One of the greatest dunks ever. Remember that, that that play where he shot the jump shot from the top of the key and then tip slammed his own dunk or his own jump shot? That was like one of the most athletically awe inspiring shots of all time. That I, I I would have concussed myself trying to do that on a nerf hoop, let alone yes. on a ten foot hoop on a, in an NBA game. So. He is criminally underrated as a dunker. Because I remember that one year, I mean, I love Jordan, probably my, my favorite player of all time. Yeah. But he beat Jordan in Chicago in that dunk contest, oh. and they robbed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no way. That was that was like uh, Hulk Hogan's not giving up the belt to the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. There's no way that that's going to happen. Yeah, it, Dominique got... I remember most of my friends didn't have cable TV, and I taped the dunk contest, and I watched I came to school, I'm like... Dominique got Robin. You gotta see this. You gotta see this. You know, and, and uh, yeah, it was it was bad. So, Kevin Durant, Dominique Wilkins. Uh, I'm going to say twenty fifth all time. I'm just gonna start with a nice number. He is quite a bit higher than that. Higher than that. Okay. Yeah. So so closer to one than twenty five. Definitely. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> this math thing, though, it's probably a little bit closer to twenty-five. You're giving me a little Ron Burgundy there. Oh, jeez. Seventeenth. Uh, Ooh, really close. You got one more guess. Higher or lower? We're gonna go with lower. Sixteenth. Ooh, couple off. He got up to 14 today. I don't feel bad because that's a bad question, Tony. I don't think it should count. It's a terrible question. I couldn't find anything today. Uh I was trying to flip through everything and find something that would be legit. And this is as good as I could get, which tells you how much of a struggle bus I'm on. Unlike unlike MC Hammer, you are not too legit. All right. You you need to quit. I should have quit. You should have quit because you are not too legit. All right. So, well, let's move on from that god awful Alex Trebekless. (laughs) You know, uh, trivia question there. Don't ever write questions for Jeopardy, and don't ever oh, try no. to drive me anywhere. All right, I would be terrible on Jeopardy as far as writing questions for that. <laughs> uh, uh, sporting event you're looking forward to this week, Tony? The wild card round of the NFL playoffs is one of my favorite sporting event weekends of the year, just mm-hmm. because it's that one and done type of thing. You've got some pretty interesting matchups. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one I'm looking forward to uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're taping this on Sunday, and uh, this is actually going to end up being dropped 
tomorrow morning, Tony, because my oh, wow. uh, my my interview uh, didn't come through here. Uh, just had some scheduling conflicts, so uh, this that's why this is dropping on Monday. Um, okay. So, uh, but uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching the 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 TCU uh, Georgia game. Uh, which will be uh, when people hear this, it'll tomorrow be tonight. Night. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. You know, Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for TCU. Um, Me too. I, 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 no pun intended. I don't have a dog in the fight. Bulldog. <laughs> Uga's not your dog. Uh, Uga is not my D O double G. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, just you know, you kind of root for the underdog a little bit. We got Max Dugan out of Iowa, right across the river here go. in Council Bluffs. And, uh, uh, you know, but if Georgia wins, I think it'd be it'd be fine. Um, you know, back to back championships. That's that's really really hard to do. That was my do. other thought on the trivia question. Um, was I was going to ask you? You know, if Georgia wins, becomes back to back in football. What was the last back to back in college basketball? Oh, college yeah, basketball. Ran out of time on that one. That might have been better than the Kevin Durant. Well, one. Can, can I answer that one? That that it's was an easy one. That's Florida, right? Florida Gators. Billy yeah. Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. Noah, yeah. See, Al Horford, I'm going Corey to, I'm going to accept that one. That is the, that is, I got the trivia question right. So okay, got the real one right. I got the real one right instead of that bogus <laughs> stuff, the garbage. I just Kevin Durant, fourteen. He's not that old. Ah, uh, yeah, he's thirty four. He's thirty four. He's been. This is his sixteenth year in the league, though. Um, so he's he's good. Um, he's 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 above average. Um, yeah, so, uh, all right. Well, uh, great discussion this week. Uh, and again, you know, uh, Tony and I, I hope we've, we've done a good job discussing this. Uh, we want to work with our parents. We, we all have the same goals in mind. We want our kids to have a great experience. Uh, obviously we're competitive and we want to go out and win games. And as varsity coaches, part of our job is to win games. And we have to make hard decisions sometimes uh, to 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 make that possible, and and that's going to affect kids. And when it affects kids, it affects their parents. And again, I'm going to leave it the same way I left it. Uh, coaches, don't forget that everybody loves their kid a little bit more than they love everybody else's kid. Uh, this is not a Madden uh, video game. You're not Bill Belichick uh, coaching the New England Patriots. Uh, these are young, impressionable kids, and I, and again, these I know this is probably mistakes that I made earlier in my career. Uh, these are young kids with a lot on their plate. Um, you need to do all that you can to make their experience the best that you can. And if you do that, if you do that, and you concentrate on making that your number one priority, while also working your tail off to try and win as many games as you can, your relationships with your parents are going to be in a much more positive place than if you are uh, Machiavellian about everything that you do. Uh, save that stuff for the college coaches. Save that stuff for the professional coaches. Uh, if you're if you're a high school coach listening to this, uh, you got to have a two prong purpose. And again, sometimes those things get intertwined, and and it's hard to it's hard to sort them out. Uh, and and sometimes you're in a situation where you you have a no win situation, but you got to do your best to make that happen. And if you do that, and if you have clear communication lines with your parents, uh, a lot of your uh, parental discussions will be minimized or taken care of even before they start because they know the expectations, they know the guidelines, they know what to expect from you as a coach. So, anything to add to that, Tony? 
Oh, that was really good words of wisdom. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. So, Coaching Staff, episode number 21, Working with Parents. Hope you folks have enjoyed it. Download, rate, review. Give us five stars at a pen and a napkin here. We're going to get back on the horn here with interviews. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time for me. It's a crazy time for a lot of coaches. Uh, it's it's hard to get folks on the line here this time of year. Uh, so I, I hope you're understanding with that. But we're, we're going to get back at it here. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.